welcome to the Boost Up a podcast, a journey to self-discovery. I am your host, Khulud Smail, and if you didn't hit the subscribe button yet, please do so you won't miss any of the episodes. Our topic for this episode is about cities and sustainable urban development. Today, I am excited to have my guest, Associate Professor Dr. Daniela Otman. Dr. Otman is an educator, researcher, and practitioner in architecture and urban design. She is on a continuous exploration of innovating correlation between the built environment, people, and nature in the field of urban design and architecture. So, hello, Daniela. Thank you very much for making the time today. Hi, Hulud, and thank you so much for this invitation uh, and also the opportunity to, to speak a wider audience rather than just um, professionals in the urban development, construction sector and architecture field. So I'm very pleased to highlight an issue that actually concerns all of us. Amazing. Yeah, um, I am actually as well very happy that to have you in uh, this uh, podcast. Uh, I am accustomed since we have met the first time, if you remember, I don't know, was it nine or 10 years ago? 2000. It feels a lifetime for me, Michael. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. I still remember when we met uh, in the ecology center in Oman, in Muscat, uh, when you came for a visit with your students. That was amazing, really, and a very special moment in my life. And then since that moment, we became close friends. And every year, we will definitely meet somewhere in this world. And this is the first time we're meeting online actually with this uh, pandemic. So I'm happy that we managed to keep our rhythm and our uh, habit to meet uh, on a yearly basis. So I'm very glad that you are with us today and with the knowledge uh, that, uh, and your experience and knowledge that you are going to share with uh, our listeners. In our discussion today, we will talk about what is the main existing challenge in our cities and what are the possible methods to generate urban solutions? What could be the obstacles and what resources do we have? And I will start with a quote from your book together with Jörg Baumeister, Urban Ecolution, which I would like you later to explain what does this ecolution, ecolution means. You have said in the book, Cities have always been places of innovation, enabling us to ever-growing urbanization and unprecedented living standards. But at the current rate, successive implementations entail devastating consequences to the natural environment that we belong to, depend on, and are responsible for. The next generation of innovation involves reintegrating the human-made environment into the ecological environment. Dear Daniela, would you please elaborate on this? Yes, thank you very much for this introduction, also the quote. Um, so first of all, we are at the end of progress. We destroy three times as much as we can regenerate. In monetary terms, we produce 1.5 trillion growth as in profit, versus a 4.5 trillion damage to our planet. 
what has happened and how did we get there and why is it so problematic, especially for cities and urban development and buildings? So obviously um, we went through different stages of um, revolutions. From the agricultural revolution, we found ways how to um, design and build and occupy a permanent settlement about 10,000 years ago. We have a whole urban urbanization movement. In the meantime, we have 55% of our world population living in cities of at the moment 7.8 billion people, which is an unprecedented case that we've never had on the planet so far. An even further prediction on the world population living in cities by 2050 is 68%. The way how we're treating our planet to afford all of that is a way how we have introduced non-renewables that eradicate renewables through especially the industrial revolution. So what we have seen in the last 50 to 70 years is an increase of um, fossil fuel and cement production CO2 emission only, only CO2 emissions of from in 1950, 5 billion tons to in the meantime, 35 billion tons globally. That means the factor seven over 70 years. In 1990, from 1990 until now, we have increased our greenhouse gas emissions over 40%. I'm saying that because we had in 1972, a very crucial warning by the Club of Rome and authors like Donella Meadows writing about the limits to growth, where already there have been reminded that the way how we're currently experiencing this global experiment of urbanization and comfort and population growth is not sustainable. But still, since then, we have been um, increasing our greenhouse gas emissions immensely. So in the meantime, we live at an eco footprint, meaning on the footprint that we need um, of resources uh, on the planet in order to maintain um, um, our population. We live at 7.2.75 global hectares per person. That means in, in, in average on the planet, that means we're living as if we would own two planet Earth of natural resources of um, our atmosphere, of our ecosphere, of our um, 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 aquasphere, of our all like the habitat of our um, um, surroundings. Saying that cities in general contribute 70% to all of these greenhouse gas emissions that we have on the planet and only the cement production for buildings and again, we're thinking about ever increasing urbanization rates that are happening, only the cement production adds another 7% to the overall uh, greenhouse gas emissions um, that we are encountering on the planet Earth. So not only now are we destroying our, or devastating our livelihood, but we are also destroying the livelihood of like people through urbanization rates where um, we talk about a sick building syndrome but also a sick urban syndrome 
where um, a lot of people suffer of disease, diseases based on air pollution, on light pollution, on physical inactivity, on um, um, allergic diseases, and of course, in the current times with the pandemic the diseases that are especially prevalent in uh, like urbanized areas. So not only are we threatening our planet, our mother earth, but we're also threatening our own species, Homo sapiens. Now the question of course comes um, how we are creating the right future. Are we creating the right future already or what's the alternative or what has happened or not happened in the last um, 40 or 50 years now since the first warnings that we have gotten through the limits to growth. Um, we have seen, of course, a lot of policies that went in. The United Nations have met. Uh, we have um, the um, Kyoto Protocol. We have the, re the, the um, Paris Agreement. Uh, we, since 2015, have an, um, sustainable development goals for every kind of um, sector here uh, on Earth now, where even cities, uh, as the sustainable development goal number 11, contribute to um, uh, and tries to find solutions. And now the question comes, of course, how do we find solutions that are adequate to change the direction that we're going? And I'd like to quote Albert Einstein on that. He said, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. So apparently our biggest problem currently still, although we have discovered that we have a massive problem and urbanization in particular plays a huge role in that, our thinking way might be still pretty much the same, like the way how it created the disaster. So basically we need to learn from when, what went wrong in the way we approach urbanization and comfort in the past and be able to, to make the change in our mindset in order to define and find a more effective balanced way where we consider all the components of the ecosystem including a human being. So we are part of the system, not separated from the system. Otherwise, we will all suffer. So is there any possible solutions? As a solution, we suggest in our uh, little book, Urban Ecolution, Ecolution or a solution that is based on ecological systems understanding. So our thesis is, if we understand this logic of ecological systems, we are one step closer towards ecological integration also of urban metabolism and urban networks. Urban metabolism and networks work currently not integrated as we know. And so um, I'd like to, um, as a little, um, understanding of ecological systems just map out and again I'm not an uh, ecologist I'm just uh, uh, in in the urban environment as architect and urban designer but um, I'm still learning from those principles as a concept and trying to integrate it as much as possible would be a goal and this goal we can see as well uh, in 
ancient and more traditional cities. So even 2000 years ago or 400 BCE, we had Milet in Greece, for instance, as one of the ancient solar cities, integrating natural resources, natural flow, solar energy, water, wind, um, all of the resources around uh, even local materials into an, a solar directed um, city. So driving, using the ecosystem as a driver for also the design and layout of cities. We have plenty other examples in other parts of the world, like in Mexico, China, and, and also in the Middle East, where we see um, solar-oriented cities, solar-driven cities. Uh, in a perfect kind of oasis type of a city, everything is interconnected. Like um, oasis settlements, oasis settlements in the most harsh climatic situation that you can uh, imagine, a desert which is arid, uh, which is um, the lowest bio, um, um, bio capacity um, possible, the lowest living things that live there uh, overall in comparison. And um, so how do people make a living there or how have they done that? And basically it was a very, very um, intricate way of connecting um, everything, every like resources, every natural um, 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 preconditions, also socio-cultural um, preconditions or socio-cultural preconditions to govern it uh, into an urban network. So I'd like to briefly explain the five different principles of ecosystems, maybe thinking as a concept, but because that concept could help all of us in whatever area we are working um, um, to make decisions in our day-to-day -day life. So the first principle is the principle of flows. The principle of flows basically says that solar energy transformed into chemical energy by the photosynthesis of green plants drive all ecological cycles. So everything is interdependent from the solar energy that transforms different flows of energy, information and matter into different uh, into different um, forms of vegetation or, uh, and so on. The second principle, and those principles have to be seen as in to be fulfilled, all of them, and not like separately or individually, or um, so all of them are relevant. The second principle is the principle of cycles. So cycles as in interdependencies between the members of an ecosystem. So all parts of an ecosystem involve the exchange of matter and energy in continual cycles. Those cycles, very importantly, they are based on feedback loops. So it's not a one-way stream, so there's a constant exchange of feedback, the perfect deal, the perfect trade. The third principle is the principle of networks, which looks at the stability of an ecosystem that depends on the degree of complexity of its networks, of relationships, or its diversity. So um, diversity and network relationships, those are very important principles as well to um, encounter in uh, cities, of course. We have the fourth principle of the principle of the fractal, where all members of an ecosystem are connected in a web of relationships, where the success of the whole on the, depends on the success of the individual members and vice versa. So there's a whole interconnectedness. And we see that, of course, especially currently in our um, global pandemic crisis, how 
everything is interrelated and interconnected and the entire success really depends on individual members and vice versa to the overall system. In the principle five, adaptation is the adaptation that most species in an ecosystem also have to co-evolve through an interplay of creation and mutual adaptation. So it is in flow and it changes, it evolves, it, it constantly evolves through an interplay of creation. The, this creation and novelty is fundamental to development and learning or what we can see in cities, especially um, um, supporting the cultural activities and cultural um, um, achievements in a society and in cities in particular is extremely crucial to be resilient enough to adapt for and to co-evolve with um, our ecological system services. So in our book, Urban Ecolution, this word ecolution, of course, um, tells you that it is composed out of ecology, so the logic of the oikos of the household of the system, basically, um, as a solution for also urban design thinking and urban design concepts, but also building concepts. So some solutions that we map out as well for solutions in these concepts are based, of course, on these ecosystem principles. And um, so in those ecosystem principles, um, we try to um, bring together um, all the different functions of a city. So how do we um, live together through the different resource flows of water, of um, 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 mobility, of um, how um, the shelter, the buildings are constructed to give us shelter, but also more than that, um, become also an cultural achievement in the statement that reflects the spirituality, the culture, the community, the social um, system per se in a city, which is again, very, very important. It's not as pragmatic as just like um, building concrete buildings. So you see that in, in these recipes that we, that we um, map out in our urban evolution, um, solutions generator, we come up with various ways how to now interconnect under systems principles, all the like natural resources and phenomena that we have and the functions and the program that cities and people to live together in a successful, meaningful, healthful society could live with. Well, that's very interesting. So, so talking about those principles and learning from those principles to integrate it into our future cities for a healthier cities. What, 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 what do we have to do that? What do we need to do it? Yeah, so um, that's a very, very important question. So we have a lot of, we have already a lot of knowledge. We actually wouldn't know how to do it, how to reduce the amount of resources that would go through our urban metabolism or we could see the city as a as a as a as a, as a body like with entrails where you put fluids and nutritions in and there's something coming out but it feeds into into another kind of like systemic part and buildings are there of course as a shelter but an expression of individuality but also of cultural um, um, societal um, statement um, 
we have on a political level, we have, as I said, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, on um, um, we have um, globally UN um, uh, administered um, um, Paris agreements on re reducing greenhouse gas emissions and CO2 in particular, but not only because we, um, yeah. Um, so we have a lot of instances already in place. We have the knowledge through research in, in architecture, in construction, in material sciences, which materials can be used to with low emission rates, which materials or even in, um, materials that have a high emission rate like steel and concrete, how to use them in, an, um, in a smart, intricate and light way to construct something that is also um, has a certain longevity, but also a certain cultural expression through um, 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 pioneers like Fry Otto, um, who has been the pioneer of like um, taking nature as a principle and designing with and for like nature to create structures that are not only beautiful, but they're also in terms of their resource use and the way how they are put together as a process and structure, um, reflecting the smartness of we have in our natural um, environment and, and at the same time leaving a low footprint on, on our planet. So we have a lot of solutions already. Uh, um, there are snippets of that, but now the greatest um, challenge is of course how to how we can bring all of those together in an integ integrated network of things. Mm -hmm. So I hear you saying we have a lot of resources, research and resources, and politically as well, there are a lot of resolution and the United Nations Sustainable Development, the 17 goals. Uh, plus, we have a wonderful example from nature and the ecosystem to learn from those principles. So what are the obstacles? I mean, as you can imagine, the obstacles are manifold. And, um, but in my opinion, if we dig down into the real massive obstacle is again, quoting Einstein, solving the same problems with the same thinking and the same thinking that we had 50 or 70 years ago of a neoliberal um, um, capitalism that is based on profit is the underlying thinking that actually actually brought us to the point where we currently are. So um, I think that this way and like using economy as something what the true sense of the meaning etymologically of the word economy means, oikos, so eco, meaning like the household, the system again, and um, 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 nomi from the Greek nomos, meaning managing it. And we can decide how we manage it, whether we have to apply um, a certain system of dealing with managing it like um, the system that destroyed it. I'm sure that this is not the right system. So um, luckily on, uh, in, on forums like the World Economic Forum, this issue has already been addressed. And also this issue has been addressed by Ursula von der Leyen to map out the Green Deal for the European Union, for instance. Those are the first like instances also where we now tap into the economy, meaning the way how we bring everything together and how we manage this oikos, this ecosystem actually, or this man-made ecosystem of ours in a more, um, hopefully then um, learning from more ecological principles. Yeah. 
Wow, that's uh, massive, uh, Daniela. Thank you very much for this uh, explanation. I hope we will be able to, with with the right uh, political and economical uh, decisions, uh, to move toward those uh, healthier and smarter cities. Uh, not only for a human, but also for our the whole ecosystem. So we live in harmony, hopefully, not on one account, uh, on the other and ignoring one part of it and only thinking of us. Um, what, one question come to my mind as a, as, a, as a normal citizen, what can I do as a normal citizen in all of this a cocktail of uh, of a challenge and 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 uh, yeah it's really very challenging as a single citizen where is my responsibility here and what can i do for a better future so i think all the answers you can give yourself as an individual member of this um society of um of the system overall if you always try to understand how things work <laughs> very like easily put. So asking where, where does stuff come from and why, how has it been processed? Um, where is it going when I have consumed it? Um, is there a way how we can reuse or recycle or upcycle what we call still waste? But the underlying fundamental principle of ecological systems and what we also have to bring into our construction sector, into our cities uh, in general is the this, the, the concept of nature doesn't have the concept of waste. So everything is in the system and everything has its place in the system and there's no extra, mm. basically. So um, what we can learn individually is trying to understand how ecosystems work and then trying to also understand where all of our stuff, where our food, where um, everything we um, um, digest and we buy and uh, in our behavioral pattern, trying to understand where does it come from? What kind of damage does it do to the planet? Am I, am I ethically and morally okay with that? Uh, where does it go? And how could I change my consumerist behavior as well to uh, maybe, maybe make a difference in that? And a very good last question that uh, comes in mind to mm -hmm. like everyone to ask themselves basically is a question on um, that uh, my Confucian philosopher colleague uh, here at Bond University has termed which where she said um, how much is not too much so if we ask us the question every, to every like item that we consume that we produce with that we um, create with as well how much is not too much wow that's an amazing question for us to remember and to ask ourselves with everything we consume eat buy or uh, want to obtain uh, how much is not too much correct i got it right Exactly, because it's turned a little bit on the head, so you will think yeah. about it from the yeah. other side around as well. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you very much, Daniela, for this uh, insightful, um, short, quick uh, talk. Um, there's a lot in it, uh, though, and uh, looking forward to uh, meet you again uh, and talk more ab uh, about the other parts of your book. Thank you.
Yes, I thank you very much. And also to the audience, if you have any questions, lots of question marks in your head or any comments, suggestions, um, yeah, um, I'm happy to answer your emails. Wonderful. I will add your email and your contact in the description of the uh, podcast so people can uh, reach out to you and uh, if they have any question. Thank you, Daniela. Thank you. Thanks, Khalud, for this opportunity. This is what I have got for this episode. And if you love it, please share it on your Facebook or Instagram story and tag me at khulud.ismail. K-H-O-L-O-U-D dot I-S-M-A-I-L. And remember, sharing is caring. And I wish you a wonderful day.